I guess in preparing my thoughts for this morning, I I had a number of thoughts that kept coming to me from the news. A number of situations that I was thinking about, I'm going to get too political or anything because that will take us way off track. Uh, But one was, you know, the number of people needing mental health and how long they have to wait. And I couldn't help thinking, you know, I really appreciate all those that suffer those problems, but I couldn't help thinking, but surely in my younger day, there weren't so many people that needed that help. I don't think we buried them all away and hid them. I don't know. And, you know, a few other stories that were going on that led me to conclude that life is complicated. You know, I was thinking of something that Philippa's mum said a few weeks ago. Um, she is a card-carrying member of the technophobe party. And um, one or two things we were saying, she has got an iPad, although... Uh, she doesn't know how to use it very well, but there we, there we are. And she said, oh, you know, these days, us people, she's 95 now, and she said, you know, we've never had to learn so much in these days as we did in the past. So much we've had to learn in recent time. Life is complicated. It's got complicated, and there's so many more problems than there were in the past. Now, I might be looking through at that through rose-tinted spectacles. I might just be becoming a grumpy old man. But life is complicated, or can I say, life without Jesus is complicated. Now, you know, it can be complicated with Jesus. I'm not saying that's an absolute immunity from that. But life without Jesus is that much more complicated. What's the basis of it? What's the basis of it? I think it comes down in many ways to what our foundations are going to be built, are built on. That's what I want to be thinking about this morning. A couple of weeks ago, um, we decided to do something in a, a bit of our front garden. We had a, sh- a sort of the stump of a shrub or a tree that had been there ever since we moved in nearly seven years ago. It, it was well dead. Uh, I guess it was about eight or nine inches across and about three foot high. You'll have to transpose that into metric if you don't understand our good old English system. Uh, And we said, well, why don't we chop that down? And we've seen on Gardener's World that putting rotten wood down was a good help to insects and bugs and other things that would help with the garden. And so eventually I went out there with my saw to cut this down and I sort of put my hand on the top of it and my saw and realised the top was moving in my hand. And, you know, within about 20 or 30 seconds, I'd got the whole thing out of the ground with my bare hands. Now, I hadn't had kryptonite or spinach or any of the other things that supposed to give you superb strength. It just came out because the roots had gone absolutely rotten. You know, and it led me to thinking about foundations. Do we know that our lives are founded on Jesus Christ? Do we know, as that reading that Peter read to us uh, says, that he is our cornerstone? We need that solid foundation to live and to go forward. 
You know, foundations giving way can cause severe problems. You can look online at numerous programs and, and incidents where sinkholes have occurred. Locally, of course, the most famous one was that bus in Earlham Road. I don't know if any, I hope no one was on that bus when it went in there, here. But a new definition, if you like, of a mystery tour. But what seemed a firm road, which plenty of vehicles had gone over before, on this one occasion, it wasn't strong enough. And of course, more recently, uh, up in Sheringham, there had been a big sinkhole in the centre of the town there. Back in my area where I come from, in Suffolk, there was a new estate built in Bury St Edmunds called Jacqueline Close. And people had invested, this was the early 70s, people invested their savings in that. And uh, houses were put up and people moved in. If you go there today, this is what you will see. You may not be able to read that, but I think you can probably work out that one of those signs says danger and the other says keep out. Because water got in, went through heavy rain and basically washed the foundations away. Someone got up one morning and realised his front door step was a lot deeper than he remembered it from the previous night. And the whole estate had to go. Perhaps warnings should have been taken note of. One story I heard was that this was a bit late to do this, but the milkman there used to still deliver his milk by milk cart. And the horse, by, uh, well, the horse draw milk cart. And the horse would go so far down that road and then it would stop and refuse to go any further. And after that happened, they could work out that the horse could hear the sound of his footsteps echoing below him. He knew he wasn't on safe ground. And so he stopped. And maybe there were lessons that needed to be learned. You can look as well, of course, at any number of buildings that sadly have been destroyed in earthquakes, tsunamis. Sometimes, of course, because the foundations weren't good enough. Sometimes because the strength of the building materials used was inadequate. You know, Jesus told a story about foundations, about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. We're not going to sing that song, you'll be relieved to know this morning. And the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, you see, it probably wasn't like us going up to the beach at Cromer or Sheringham and then building a house down there. It wasn't obvious sand in that way. On the, on the surface, probably the two lots of land looked pretty similar. It was only when you dug down you could find what was underneath. One was hard rock, the other was softer sandstone that would crumble away in any storm. What it did show is either the builder not having checked the foundations or not being prepared to put in the hard graft that digging the foundations on rock would involve. You know, are we putting in the hard graft, if you like it, in following Jesus? Not just going with the flow, but are we doing that bit to ensure we stay rooted on that firm foundation? 
You see, Jesus likened those two houses to this. Those who heard his words and put them into practice and those who didn't. Those that just came and listened and were entertained for an hour or two or three and then just went off and got on with their normal lives. You know, how firm is our foundation? It's so easy to think everything's going okay in my life without any consideration as to how firm that basis is. In the sermon, a series that Mark's just finished, that excellent series on Jonah, we saw about the Ninevites, a powerful nation, a nation that was totally ruthless, it was totally domineering, that no one could stand up against, and, and maybe they felt they were totally infallible. And yet Jonah's message was this, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. You may think you're strong and powerful, but 40 more days and you won't recognize the place because there won't be any place to recognize. You know, change is with us. Things we rely on don't seem to last. You know, walking down any high street in any reasonable town 20 years ago, shops you would have seen would be Woolworths, and British home stores. Two stalwarts of the high street that surely would last forever. And yet they haven't, they disappeared. They didn't have the financial foundation to compete in a changing market. And of course there are reports of many other big names struggling. Marks and Spencers have had their problem, Debenhams, House of Fraser. All of them seemingly powerful. And yet, not averse to change. Now, I guess it's about time we looked at the passage that Peter read for us. Otherwise, you'll be begin to wonder why I asked him to read that passage. But you see, it talks about Jesus being the foundation, the cornerstone. So what exactly is a cornerstone? Well, I went to that reliable online site for information, Wikipedia, and this is what it said, and that was perhaps the best definition. You know, the cornerstone or foundation stone is the first stone set in construction of a masonry foundation, important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Now, of course, in later times, the, the cornerstone has become something more of a ceremonial stone to be laid, a decorative stone. But the original definition was this. The cornerstone was that basis of the property. And, you know, I think that's a fantastic definition of, in relation to Jesus and the church. That Jesus as the cornerstone is the first stone set in building us as his people. He's, he's important because everything else that's part of that building will be set in reference to him. And he determines where the position of that structure is. Our position in that kingdom is entirely determined by him. 
verse 7 in that reading tells us that to those who believe, this stone is precious. I wonder how precious that stone is to you this morning. You see, because there's a warning to those who don't believe. You know, it's when you talk about belief here, it's not a question of, on the same basis of, do you believe in flying saucers or alien life? Which is a very optional thing. But believing in Jesus or not, do you see what's around you and recognize the creator God? And regardless of whether you believe or not, Jesus is still God's cornerstone. A stone that the builders have rejected, a stone that is a stumbling block, and one which says in some places that causes offense. Jesus is there, whether you've accepted him or not. For those of us who believe, what does this passage tell us? Verse 2, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. So by it, it you may grow up in your salvation. I wonder this morning if you are still growing up in your salvation. If you think you've arrived at the point where you know it all, then the the trouble is you've sort of stopped and you're going to start going backwards. We need to grow day by day, year by year, until the day we go to be with him. The old hymn tells us how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. The word, of course, or that phrase, the word, can mean Jesus, who was the word made flesh. It also applies to God's word the Bible. Much of our growing in the faith relates to the time we take to learn more about the Word of God, Jesus, through his Word. How important is the Bible to us? I remember quite a few years ago, I think it was about the time we were selling a house, that... uh, something, I I can't remember at all what it was, but we had to go from our solicitors to another solicitor and we had to swear on oath something, presumably about the property we were selling. I I haven't got a clue what it was now. And I remember going to this room and the the other solicitor went to the cupboard and took out this Bible uh, for us to take in our hands and swear whatever it was. And I couldn't help thinking at the time as he got that out of the cupboard, you know, I wonder if anyone's ever read this Bible. You know, I don't know what was in it. It could have just been a posh cover and a whole load of sheets of blank paper inside. I didn't look inside myself. I wonder if anybody had read it. You know, is our Bible a precious book to us or is it a dusty volume? that doesn't get much light of day. Even if you're using more, more, the more modern versions online or an app, are you using that? How much are we studying God's word? God's word to Joshua said this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
meditate on it day and night. You know, this book that they had, which was only the first five books of the Bible in those days, was to be something they meditated on day and night. It was to be as important to them as their food and drink. You know, our Christian service depends on us building our lives on this foundation of God's Word. Our prayer life also helps to build it up. Our Christian service, the the things that we do help to build us up as we serve the Lord and try to bring others to a knowledge of Him. How much time do we take to pray? How much time do we seek to serve the Lord in what we do? You know, this isn't radical stuff. This is the basics of the Christian life. And yet it's so essential if we really want to go on with God. Verse 9 describes us as a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I wonder how much this morning that we value that by having God's Holy Spirit within us, we are a very special people. I wonder if you feel special in God's sight this morning. You're special because he loved you. You're special because Jesus died on the cross for you. You know, we are different from those who have not accepted Jesus as their Savior. We have received the mercy, that free gift that is available to all, but sadly not all will receive. We need to know we have a precious gift. We are chosen people that God loves us dearly. And he wants us to go on, and verse 12 tells us to live such good lives among those, even amongst those who do not know him, amongst those that have no desire to know anything about him, that they may be challenged by what the difference is that Jesus has made in our lives. God challenges us this morning to that. Do you know this foundation this morning in your lives? Do you know this morning that your life is built on a firm foundation, something that will stay with you, whatever. You know, that doesn't mean that we won't know troubles in our lives. You know, the house that the wise men built still went through the same storm. But because of its foundation, it stood firm. Sorry, get my paper notes in the mug. Do we know Jesus Christ as our cornerstone? Then if not, perhaps then you need this morning to ask, what is your life based on? What are you basing your hope on? What are you basing your future on? Jesus offers you forgiveness, hope, and assurance of eternal life with him. All you need to do is ask.
We don't know what even this week will hold. It may not surprise you that from the way I've been talking, the last song we're going to sing this morning is that song, Cornerstone. I learned something about the, the writing of that, this song this last week. Back in 2011, Reuben Morgan, who's one of the leaders of the Hillsong Church, was in Sweden visiting the Hillsong Church in Stockholm. While he was there, the news came from across the border in Norway of the man who'd gone on a shooting spree and killed 77 people, most of them young people. With a few others, he felt that they needed to write a song that would bring some comfort and sense to those who might come to them. And so they picked up on the words of the old hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And of course, in the, one of the versions of the original hymn, it has that line which says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And he added the line that we've now got, Christ alone, cornerstone. I wonder this morning if you know that first firm foundation. Do you know that you are standing on Christ alone, the cornerstone? Do you know that your trust is completely in him to do whatever you do through this week, through the good times, through the bad times, are you founded upon Jesus, the cornerstone, the one that will never leave you, the one that will never fail you, the one that will always be with you? If not, can I ask you this morning to think about that? Think about the invitation that is yours to turn to Jesus and to put your life on the solid rock.